The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this episode of This League, I have some words for Philly fans. Uh, We talk about how Kyle Kuzma's production is down, but his value as a player has never been higher. We cover the feel-good story of the year in Karis LeVert coming back from cancer. And we also get into a couple listener DMs. Please find me someone who gets ratioed on Twitter more for less than I do. Please find me. Find one. Find one person that has a blue check mark or not that talks about anything, any topic that gets ratioed for less reasons than me. I can't, I can't have never seen anything like this in my life. It happened again, folks. Yes, it did. Since I started talking about Ben Simmons, Sixers fans have been ravenous in my (laughs) mentions. Ravenous. I think we have beef. I think now it is a lifelong quarrel. And it's all one-sided. I don't hate Sixers. I like Tobias Harris. I like Daryl Morey. I like Doc Rivers. I love the whole concept of trust the process. You took Embiid first in our All-Star draft. Took Embiid. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm <laughs> glad you mentioned that. And, and Embiid, actually, I have a funny story about him. Okay. So I interviewed him in the summer in the Upper West Side, I think at Rucker Park. Okay. It was like 105 degrees out. It was so fun. Have I told you this story before? Never. 105 degrees out, Joel Embiid has a white T-shirt on. Right, and Joel Embiid's a big, big man, Mm -hmm. and there's music going right. Like there was when Drake's um, "Nice for What" was out, right? So that was playing, and Joel Embiid is body rolling, just straight body rolling in his chair, (laughs) waiting for the interview to start. Right. So this is like 2018 ish. Uh, yeah, 2018, summer 2018. It was when LeBron had not chosen where he was gonna go. Ah, right. Yep. And so Joel Embiid had been tweeting about. LeBron and basically pitching LeBron to come to Philly. And so I had never met MB, but he's one obviously the funniest guys in the league, one of the best follows on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. But he is sweating at this point through his white t shirt. <laughs> like, I'm talking about uncomfortable. Like, you're seeing, and at this point, Joel Embiid hadn't gone on the Kanye's workout plan yet. And so mm-hmm. he, his man, his man chest yeah. was prominent. Right. Okay. It was uh, it was it was sweaty, and it was kind of like there were there was like a little boob action going on, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, I'm uncomfortable for Joel Embiid. Like, hey, Joel, you know what we could do? You know, we could we could just shoot you like chest up. And he was like, why? Oh. And, and I'm like, what do you mean, why? Like, you're sweating through your t-shirt. It's pretty hot. Like, if you want, he's like, I love my body. I love my body. 
And I go, you love, and he goes, I can take my t-shirt off right now. We can do this topless. And I was like, we don't have, we don't have to do that. And he's like, that's how much I love my body. And I never have forgotten it to this day. I love Joel. Sixer fans, I love Joel Embiid. <laughs> to be that confident in yourself when you are sweating through your white tee like it's fucking freak Nick out there. Come on now. Come on now. I like a lot of things about the Sixers. You know what I don't like? Sixer fans. They are the fucking worst. You guys. You guys have got to be one of the most easily triggered, sensitive, delusional, hateful fan base this side of the LSU Tigers. Wait. Oh, come on. That's just that's just not fair or right. Come on, Marty. Delusional? You, you, well, LSU fans aren't delusional, but you're easily triggered and you're mean and you're hateful. Definitely mean, uh, yeah. We were, we were both at that game where it was Oregon versus LSU. They called it back then the Cowboy Classic. Mm-hmm. That's what they called that. Jerry's World. Jerry's World, AT&T Stadium. Yes, sir, 105 degrees outside. I'm in my little green and yellow hungover at the time, and I'm walking the streets of Dallas, and there's fucking LSU fans dragging a dead duck, multiple dead ducks, bloody, (laughs) on a string, and saying, tiger bait, y'all ducks just tiger bait. Yep. To kill another life, to take a life, for the sole purpose of trolling a fan base, is fucking mentally insane. Okay, first off, I feel like they used those ducks for a different purpose after that. So it wasn't completely irresponsible, and I find that hilarious. Sorry. It's horrifying, Marty. It's horrifying. So outside of LSU, I mean, (laughs) there was a bloody duck. Oh, my God. I'm like, am I next? Am I getting on the string next? (laughs) We had Philly fans posting my address on Twitter. Oh, damn, that's tough. I didn't know that. Multiple times. Like, what did you want from that? What did you want? Did you want people to show up at my house? Was that what that was? Did you want people standing outside my lobby with the, like, PETA with the bucket full of fake blood to go splash as soon as I leave? (laughs) Like, what were you trying to do? Are you encouraging people to send anthrax to my crib? I had the craziest sweatshirt sent to me, Marty. It was... It, I'm going to bring it in. I might wear it, but I'm afraid to wear it because I think, like, it might be a signal that that's her. Like, go no. kill her. <laughs> you, it, was, it was like, I'm telling you, it's the most insane streetwear hoodie that I've ever received. It was, it was one person. It was like almost like a Roman, a Roman look. Two people. One person grabbing the other person's head. Like, almost like oh. justice. Just, the, that person's dead. Okay. It's a decapitated <laughs> head. And it looks all, like, Roman. And there's like a gold chain around that person, the killer's neck. And on the back, it says 187. That's a police code for murder. Oh. For homicide. I did not order that fucking hoodie. Oh, Lord. And that came the day after those tweets where my address was posted. So they had to have been sending that beforehand. Let's just say it's gotten to a new low, right? So this is what happened. That caused this rift. You know, I have been saying that a lot. This is what happened. (laughs) (laughs) As it relates to Sixers fans. JoJo Embiid, my guy, I love my body, went down with an injury. It looked bad. I was watching it live. No one at this point knows if the injury is serious or not. And I was like, ruh-roh, 
that looks serious. <laughs> to myself, that's what I said aloud. Rut row, holy shit, what's going on here? This is threatening to the title hopes of the Philadelphia 76ers fans, and I didn't mean it in a way that was a troll. I meant it like, truthfully, rut row, oh my God, fuck. I could have said, uh-oh. I could have said, oh no, but I didn't. I just thought, I don't know, I just thought. <laughs> rut row, Embiid. And you could think I was hating Philly because of what I said about Embiid and Ben Simmons and the haircut. Did you see, by the way, what Ben Simmons said about his barber? Yeah, 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 I did this morning. He said, uh, uh, he sent me a text. He felt bad, but, you know, it is what it is. It's a crazy time right now. He's still my barber for sure because he's got those fresh lineups. Because he's got those fresh lineups and now the antibodies, Ben Simmons. And now the antibodies as well. (laughs) That's, That's the key piece, really, Ben, is that he's got the antibodies for a good six months, so you're in the clear for those lineups, fam. <laughs> so you may be thinking I was coming for Philly and shooting from the hip. And then I also quote tweeted it, right? And it was like, you know, I, I wasn't trolling. I'm not meaning to hate on you. And people were like, oh, nice pivot. Way to turn around. Way to flip it and try to recover. No, no, no. I don't do that. I don't recover. I don't pivot. When I am standing in my truth, Marty, I own it. Did you see my Mr. Balloon Hands video after I made those comments? Mm -hmm. I will double, triple, quadruple down. I never pivot. I never say, ooh, that was a bad look. Maybe I should try to get out of this. No. I don't like Sixers fans. I don't like Mr. Balloon Hands. And you know what? I really like Joel Embiid and the rut row. Maybe you didn't like the way it sounded. Maybe you thought it was sarcastic, but I am sorry. But I am not someone who's going to pivot. Not once. I never run from the smoke. Not once. Not never. No way. Ratioed. Ratio. Did you see the tweet? I did. 467 comments. 297 quote tweets. 52 likes. Surprising that there were even 52 likes, (laughs) truthfully. Between the two tweets, over a million impressions. That's Philly fans for you. One of the things that was said to me was, you're the worst kind of humans. That was one of the nicest things said. So I'm sorry, King Simmons, one, two, three, seven, nine, two, one. But when you put another man's name in your handle, King Simmons, that's your Twitter handle, maybe you are the worst kind of human. Maybe if you call someone a cunt and tell them to put a bullet in their brain, you, you, King Simmons, seven, two, three, four, 17, are the worst kind of human. Maybe when you post a woman's address on social media implying that someone should go out and hurt her, cause harm to her, find her, stalk her, maybe you, Philly native, are the worst kind of human. I talked to a Philly native, one of the guys working in the sports world, and he said this to me. He texted this uh, as this was going on. First of all, he was like, yo, I think that people are taking this way out of context and out of hand. So fucking sensitive. So yeah, the update on Embiid's injury is that it's going to be a couple of weeks It's nothing serious. He's probably out of the MVP race, uh, but that really doesn't matter. I mean, this is is what you need. You need him uh, in order to go deep. So better to have this happen in March than in May. And remember, Philly fans, when you said I didn't know basketball because I said Ben Simmons was being poorly used as a point guard and he was really more of a power forward. If you think that that was a hot take, you think that was a bad one, like, take a listen to Washington Wizards announcer Justin Kutcher and what he recently had to say during a Wizards, a Wizards Sixers broadcast. Yeah, I mean, I've said it before. 
and I'll, I know I'll take flack for it as Westbrook is at the free throw line as the call on the floor stood the challenge by Doc Rivers. I think Ben Simmons is one of, if not the most overrated players in the NBA. And he's gotten so much love and attention that people aren't paying attention to what Tobias Harris is actually doing on the floor. We'll cover that later. Oh, my God. Justin Kutcher, I am a fan. Especially after he followed that by doubling down. I like a man that doubles down. He said, he tweeted this, yes, I said that Ben Simmons is one of the most overrated players in the NBA, and I stand by it. I didn't say he was bad, just not as good as everyone makes him out to be. Great defender, potential defensive player of the year. Uh, But I think he made all-league all-star teams based on hype. And good night. Wow. (laughs) Listen, he must know that hating Ben Simmons Get you a little, get you a little, uh, I don't know, something in the ether. <laughs> ben Simmons had a great clapback. He said, when I asked his comments, Ben Simmons says, isn't he like a 5-5 commenter for the Wizards? I don't give that too much attention. Is that a good clapback? I don't know. <laughs> like Funny, yes. It's funny. It's funny. What would be a better clapback? I mean. I don't know. Yeah, he probably had to go that route. By the way, by the way, as an aside, I don't know if you know this, Marty, but Ben Simmons' sister, the one who tweeted at me, she deleted her account. Oh, I didn't know that. She deleted her account. I bet you Ben Simmons had a little talk with Liv and was like, what the fuck are you doing on Twitter right now? Like, delete your account. This is insane. You can't be going after people in the media that say negative things about me. Anyway, listen, say whatever you want about me. I only call Ben Simmons overrated when he's on the court. This guy, Justin Kutcher, Ben Simmons isn't even playing at this point. He's in a COVID <laughs> protocol, and he brings up his name for no reason at all. No reason, Justin, my best friend, just content to ricochet shot Ben Simmons from across the floor, anytime, any place. That, folks, that is the guy. Ah, let's talk about the Lakers for a little bit. Tons of information coming out on the Lakers. They deserve their own segment. I, I almost did something on LeBron as well, but it would have just been too long. So we'll do that later. <laughs> First off, Anthony Davis news is out. Just as I thought, just as I said, Anthony Davis isn't playing anytime soon, folks. Every time, it's okay. In two weeks, we're going to reassess again in two weeks. The only thing that Anthony Davis is doing right now is lifting weights. He's not running. He's not jumping. He's not doing shit. And I talked to people in the soft tissue business when this injury went down, and they said, it's not happening, folks, until May. He's not playing games until May. I'm sorry. That means he's got two, three weeks before playoffs, get him ramped up, get him ready to go. Who fucking cares? Right, yeah. I mean, at this point, but they're making it like on ESPN, David McMenamin, my favorite spin zone analyst, who's like on LeBron James's jock hard, hard. Mm -hmm. He moved from Cleveland to L.A. to be with LeBron. Okay, so we already know what's going on there. The headline was Anthony Davis progressing well. (laughs) And And underneath it was like, Nothing's happening. Reevaluate in two weeks. He, do we know that he's progressing well? Like it, it made it seem like he was about to get on the court like now. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, David McMenamin. Got it. Got it. I see. That's such the easiest like report to make. 
Yeah. Like an injured player when there's no news. He's progressing well. Progressing well. You Update. could say that about literally anybody. Update. Progressing well. Closer to closer to getting back on the court. So I know everyone's excited to see AD again because he is a baller and the Lakers are better with him for sure on the court. And they're slipping and sliding all over the place, down the standings. But it's going to be a while. That's the way of the world. And if the Lakers can keep AD on ice until he's ready and hold the bleeding off, stay in the top tier, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. The next news in Laker world is from our friend Kyle Kuzma. Hit the drop on the, the intro for Kuzma. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. At 6'8", from Flint, Michigan, representing the Los Angeles Lakers, taking his first Moderna shot, it's Kyle Kuzma. Ah, Kuz, Kuz. Is, is there a better quote out there than Kyle Kuzma? There is not. There is not. In what world do you find a human being... I don't know. Where <laughs> one one night after the game, he's like, yeah, I, I fuck my teammate to give me the ball. Very sexual. Very oh sexual. I, I fucked him. <laughs> and then the next, you drop a quote about Jesus. Play the clip. Was that a set play? Did you did you think LeBron had a, a passing lane to you there? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, we were looking at each other the, the entire possession. Um you know, I was I was pretty much a pretty much eye fucking the basketball, ball, and uh, <laughs> you know he found me and uh, uh, made shot. Oh my god! Nobody's progressed more with the Lakers than Kuz, but he still makes comments like this one. At any point in time, when you see a guy like Bobo right in front of you, is there any doubt? At what point did you know that that ball was going up Soft from beyond question. the arc where you were at when you got it? Um, I think uh, Jesus could be in front of me, and I'll probably still shoot. So, I mean, it don't really matter to me. Pretty sure that's not the first time I've heard Kyle Kuzma say that. Because when I heard that quote, I was like, I feel like that was said 18 months ago. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma will shoot over Jesus himself. That's the type of confidence that Kyle Kuzma has in his own abilities, folks. He believes he is the best Laker on the court at any given time. That's what he said. I'm not even the only one who knows that. He thinks he's better than AD, than LeBron. He even thinks he's better than the GOAT himself, Alex Caruso. That is the kind of confidence that has a potential of blowing a team completely up. But instead, what are we talking about? We're talking about Kyle Kuzma and his growth and his development and how good he's become. And that's because his confidence has been reined in from one of the great skills developers, mentors, and Phil Handy. He is now very much outperforming the contract that everybody was like, why the fuck are we paying Kyle Kuzma $40 million? <laughs> why? On the eve of this season, after his contract was announced, so usually it's like, ah, Kuz. You know, that's when the celebrations come, right? But instead, here's what one article had to say. Kuz was expected to, they said Kuzma, Kuzma was expected <laughs> to develop into a serviceable starter alongside AD and LeBron. And that hasn't exactly happened. This is so fucked up. He's a player coming off the bench and not exactly a key component <laughs> to the title run. He also doesn't, I mean, is there anything positive about him? Is there, he's also shown he doesn't shake off criticism very well. And that has impacted his game. He hasn't been paid much and is going to coast to another championship 
Oh my God. He's before he's overpaid by a bad team complaining that he's not in LA anymore. Holy shit. <laughs> if I could construct an article to help this argument, there would be no better article than that, folks. The world was saying, Kyle Kuzma, all you are is a guy that looks like Cisco out here with your gold <laughs> fucking hair showing up on league fits. <laughs> He does get fits off. He, he does, does get fits off. He does. Yeah. He gets his fits off, boy. But that's what he's known for. He has been a laughing stock in some ways based around all of his antics. But guess what? Now he's a key piece on the team. We can thank, of course, LeBron James, but really we can thank Phil Handy. According to an article in The Athletic, Handy says that Kyle has worked his ass off, and he has worked his ass off to get Kuzma to buy in to Frank Vogel's scheme and his new role. To be a role player when he had been, prior, the second leading scorer on the L.A. Lakers before Vogel got there. That is an ego death. That's why I chose that song. Ego death to Kyle Kuzma. This is what Handy had to say about how Kuzma fits into the scheme. Can you read that uh, quote, Marty? Uh, Sure. Uh, Phenomenal talent. That kid has all the attributes to be an all-star in the NBA very, very soon. I think what people don't understand, when there's a shift in the dynamic of the team, a lot of things happen. The Lakers went from a team that was rebuilding, and they go to a team that's competing for a championship overnight. Those are two, <laughs> those are two different teams. So that required that Kyle's role changed as well. He's really taken on the mindset that it's not all about scoring. Those are hard adjustments to make. People don't understand how tough it is to go from maybe taking 15 to 16 shots a game, and now he might be taking 8 to 9 shots a game in some cases, and have to be really efficient with that. Kuz has really been putting in the effort day in and day out to make sure he's successful. Before his role change, Kuz was averaging 19 points a game, second leading scorer. Now he's averaging 12. The interesting thing is that he's averaging seven rebounds a game now, almost three more than last year, including twice as many offensive rebounds, just crashing the boards. And he's shooting 37% from three, up from 31% last year. I would say that's development. Let's look at Kuzma's last five games because that gives you a snapshot of what he's called to do and how different it is every night. Okay. Five points, four points. 12 points, 25 points, 24 points. Some games, he is not even close to a focal point of the offense. (laughs) Other games, he has to hit a game winner and go off. And he does. Back in 2017, this was phenomenal. This is what tells you how much he's changed. Luke Walton, who in his own right is not very good, (laughs) called Kyle Kuzma selfish. He said he's a player that only looks out for himself. And look at him today, just I-fucking-LeBron shooting over Jesus and doing everything that he can to get his team wins. If Kyle Kuzma continues to develop, folks, he continues to be what Phil Handy knows he can be. That is trouble. Trouble for the rest of the league. This league. Is there anything that makes you appreciate what you have more than seeing Karis LeVert all of a sudden come down with a terminal illness <laughs> when he thought he was completely healthy. That was a crazy story. 25 I mean, years old. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the best stories in the NBA in a long time. Yeah. A sad trade, a trade that everybody thought was like, wow, 
they got rid of Karis LeVert into a potential tragedy that ended up being a life-saving occurrence. We're talking about Karis LeVert. LeVert was part of a four-team James Harden trade. January 14th, that sent Victor Oladipo to Houston, brought Karis LeVert from Brooklyn to Indiana. Uh, and trust me, Brooklyn had no plans to trade Karis LeVert. <laughs> they really wanted to trade Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. I know that because I was talking to friends, development coaches, et cetera, that work with teams, mm-hmm. and they were like, hey, we're out in L.A., and everybody on the Nets is here in L.A., running everyone out of the gym. It was the Nets, as currently constructed, versus any team in the NBA that you could assemble. It was a pickup game, Nets versus everybody. Mm -hmm. And they were blowing fools out. And you know who wasn't there? Spencer Dinwiddie was not there. (laughs) He was nowhere near the team. So it was like, Spencer is on his way out, right? He does not fit in with this crew. He does not want to be a six-man. And then what happened? Spencer Dinwiddie like a few days into the season, tore his ACL up. And then he's like, untradeable. So now you got to get rid of Karis LeVert. So if Dinwiddie doesn't blow out his ACL, there's a good chance that Karis LeVert might be on the road to a terminal illness and death. Yeah, it's heavy to talk about. I mean, that really is nuts that a trade could do that. Yeah. I think it's probably the first time in history. Uh, Casino Mobley had something similar happen. It was when he – I, I forget what trade it was, but it was like Nuggets, Rockets, something like that. But yeah. yeah, so how it happens is is you don't have to take a physical when you're on your current team. Right. The only time you need a full physical is when you're getting traded. They have to do a complete workup on you. Players in the middle of their contracts don't normally do it until a new contract. So there's a possibility that Karis LeVert wouldn't have gotten a, a physical, full physical, unless he was doing it himself for 24 months. At that point, who knows? So the doctor discovered in that physical a mass in Karis LeVert's kidney, and he felt completely healthy. It was a cancerous mass. He was discovered to have renal cancer in his left kidney, and he underwent emergency surgery on January 25th. He said, I didn't have any symptoms. I felt 100% healthy. I was playing in games. The trade revealed what was going on in my body. The trade saved my life. Holy moly. <laughs> and just six weeks later, he's back on the court, folks. Hooping. What a story. I hope people really understand and watch Karis play because we could – I mean, so many things could have happened. He is a fucking bucket, though. Oh, yeah. For those not in the know on Karis LeVert, which I don't think there's any NBA fan, real NBA fan, that doesn't know Karis. But for the casual fan, he is a fucking bucket. He was a key component for the Nets when Kyrie was out and obviously KD was out. Do you remember when the Nets beat the Bucks in the bubble with the most historic uh, victory? In ter- I think they were the largest underdog, biggest upset in 25 years. Yeah, they were what, laying like 19, something like that? 19 and they or won. Or getting 19. Yeah, yeah. Getting, yeah, getting 19 and they won outright. That was because of Karis LeVert. Mm-hmm. The guy that put up 51 against the Celtics. This guy was averaging 19 a game last year. He can put up 40 on any given night. And that's exactly what Indiana has missed as of late is some scoring in crunch time. And guess what? First game back, dog walked your team, Marty. 
I mean, dog walked. <laughs> they one, broke away late. One twenty-two, <laughs> one eleven. That game was not close late. Yeah, I know. That is what the Pacers can be with Karis LeVert. He's going to add a new dimension. He's exactly the kind of player that Nate Bjorkren wants in his guys. An upgrade over Oladipo on an expiring. And now you pair him with Brogdon, and you've got a dangerous, dangerous backcourt. Add in Dougie Buckets, Sabonis, Miles Turner, TJ Warren, and human steel machine TJ McConnell off the (laughs) bench and the two Holiday brothers. Oh, my God. This team is officially a problemo for the East. I don't know how good they can be, but I tell you what, they can be a lot better with Karis LeVert possibly scoring 50 on any given night than without him. Certainly. How amazing is it that they discovered this so early that he didn't even have to undergo chemo and he could play in six weeks? That's crazy. All because Spencer Dinwiddie tore his ACL and Tillman Furtada was so petty that he wouldn't trade Harden to Daryl Morey's Sixers. So in a weird way, Karis LeVert can thank Dinwiddie and Fertitta for saving his life. Just goes to show you how weird life, how random, unrelated events can affect you. And I think we can all agree on this. Fuck cancer. Ah, Just picture it. Picture it. I'm on my couch. And every time I open my Instagram DMs, that song comes on in the background like a soundtrack. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. All right, let's get into some DMs, Marty. Read me something. Uh, okay, uh, coming out uh, hot, uh, is Tobias Harris disrespected? Is Tobias Harris disrespected? What do you think? Do you think he's overrated, underrated, or properly rated? I mean, all questions like this, I kind of it all kind of depends on who you're talking to. Like, amongst casuals, uh, he probably is underrated. But, like, any, like, smart person, you know? I mean, you, you always have people that, like, okay, I can talk hoops with this person. And I feel like they all know what the deal is, and when uh, he's able to actually do his thing, uh, he shows it. But uh, probably amongst your average NBA fan, he probably is a little underrated. Yeah, I think further— Or overshadowed. Overshadowed is a good way of putting it. In the national media, for sure underrated. No one speaks Tobias Harris's name. We're going to speak about his name right now, Tobias. Tobias, for one, would say he's very underrated. He would say he's very disrespected. How underrated? This is what he said during the All-Star break. Listen, if Philly fans understand that I'm an All-Star, these are the same fans that probably would have escorted me out my house last year. I don't know what that means. Me and Doc talked about it. I just told them, look, I got a bounty out for coaches that didn't vote for me. That's a murder threat. And the national media that skipped over me. Also a murder threat. So, (laughs) listen, I take murder threats a little seriously right now. Talking about bounties. Let's just stop. Pause. (laughs) Tobias does have a big chip on his shoulder because he's balling and no one's talking about him. Really? He's putting up. I didn't even think about it until he said that. Let's dig into his stats. He's putting up 20, 7.5, and and 3.5. And and he's shooting 50, 40, 90. Yeah. That's how you know you're a hooper, 50, 40, 90. That's all you need to say. Yeah. And for his career, he's 47, 36, and 82. That is a big jump this year. He is Having a year, Tobias Harris. You talk about the Sixers being the number one in the East, Ben Simmons' production slipping, Tobias Harris killing. Maybe it's not Ben Simmons. Maybe it's Tobias Harris. That's the reason. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Maybe Tobias should have taken Ben Simmons' spot on the All-Star team. How about that for a thought, huh? That would be incredible. 
if he's being overlooked, at least Doc Rivers told him why. Me and Doc discussed that you make your name known in the playoffs. And I tell you what, if there's a player not named Joel Embiid that's going to make their name known in the playoffs for the Sixers, that person is not named Ben Simmons. I promise. When Embiid gets double teamed, I promise you, it's going to be the Tobias Harris show. That's the only way it can be. In the fourth quarter, everything's collapsing around JoJo. Tobias time. Oh, yeah. So is he disrespected and overlooked? I would say yes. Was he also big trash last year and over underperformed and everyone was like, why did we pay him so much money and why didn't we pay Jimmy Butler? Also, yes. But I tell you what, I've heard this phrase and I love this phrase. It's better to walk into a room and be underestimated because you're the only one that knows what you're capable of. So when it's May, when May comes, that's when we find out what Tobias Harris is really capable of. Nice. Uh, okay, uh, and now we're going to go, uh, how bad is the Pistons' front office? So I know what this means. <laughs> it's not about Blake Griffin. How bad is the Pistons' front office? Let's dig into it. Let's dig into it. So everyone was commenting on how Blake Griffin gave, there, just generously gave $13.5 million back to the Pistons to settle his contract so that he could sign in the open market with the Brooklyn Nets. What they conveniently forget to tell you, <laughs> those same people, is that the Pistons had to pay $61.5 million to Blake Griffin for him just to not play basketball in Detroit anymore. <laughs> Who got the better part of that deal? It's not Detroit. Sadly, this is not the first time that this organization has been fleeced in the open market. Oh, my God. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, it is not. This is not the kind of – if the the Detroit Pistons were a person, they do not want to go to a country like Greece to the Plaka and start negotiating, <laughs> you know, a, a ring or like a Sherpa. You know, they would get completely hosed. They don't know what they're doing. They always are that person that comes back with no pants and, like, <laughs> one little necklace. It's like, what what happened to you? Let's talk about Tobias Harris, who we just talked about. He was part of the Pistons organization. People forget that. He was part of the original trade to actually be bring Blake to Detroit. Who won that trade? Not the Detroit Pistons. Let's talk about Andre Drummond, who everyone wants. Everyone's just clamoring for. Drummond, Drummond, where's he going to go? Drummond, Drummond, Drummond. Yeah, they traded Drummond to the Cavs for John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a second-round pick. I don't know if you know this, because I didn't, but Henson and Knight are currently not playing in the NBA right now. If anyone knows their whereabouts, please let me know, because they are nowhere to be found on Google. Reggie Jackson signed an $80 million contract in 2016. That, folks, is the same amount of money that the Warriors paid Draymond Green, an all-star. Guess what? He was waived by the Pistons in 2020. To recap all of that, Pistons front office managed to turn Tobias Harris, Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, and Reggie Jackson into a single second-round draft pick. Let that sink in. Fuck. Yikes. All of which to say, Jeremy Grant, you better hold on to that guy. Better hold on. <laughs> but would it surprise anyone if the Pistons actually traded him to the Celtics at the deadline for, like, 
Jeff Teague and Grant Williams in a 2027 second round pick? <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. No, it wouldn't. That's all the time we have. Jesus Christ, Pistons. We have another This League bet in the Penn Barstool app this Wednesday, by the way. Milwaukee at Philadelphia. Who's going to get the better of who? Sixers fans in my mentions, here's your chance to back your boy balloon hands. Drew Holiday versus Ben Simmons. Points, rebounds, assists. Who you got? Download the Barstool app and remember to bet responsibly. Always have to say that. And that's all the time that we have. Please subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Like I always say, it makes a huge difference. Unsubscribe, resubscribe. We also have This League hoodies on sale in the Barstool store. Also, please make sure to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Please subscribe on YouTube. Our YouTube numbers are growing. We have some some subscribers. Please subscribe. Twitter and Facebook, at This League and at Trista underscore Crick. Thanks for listening.